very warm welcome to the Spirit Guides Network Radio. It's lovely to have um, David Wells on. You are obviously quite well known through your work with Most Haunted and your exposure in the media. I'm quite impressed actually just um, looking at your website, the wide gamut of well, teaching, I guess, that you do, being a, a Kabbalist, astrologer, author, psychic, past life therapist. I mean, really, you've kind of touched on pretty much all areas of spirituality, haven't you? I mean, what kind of led you onto this journey? Well, uh, it's one of those things that kind of um, unfolds, really. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it just kind of started when uh, it really came back to me when I was in my 30s and I had an out-of-body experience uh, when I almost died because of an illness but i was really fortunate uh, to live in portsmouth which isn't something you hear every day is it really <laughs> um my well would become my teacher um i'd met her three years previously in fact there was a lesson in there for us all um and three years later after serving many portions of chips and running around many restaurants and working myself into the ground um she was in front of me again and really, all of those things that you mentioned come from the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah is the central root. You know, people often say to you, "Well, you do so much. You do so uh, so many things." Well, actually, I don't. I do the Kabbalah. Mm. You know, I actually do one thing, and it encompasses um, all of those things. Uh, and like I said, that journey unfolded over, over eleven years um, it, of training every almost every week for eleven years. <laughs> Mm. Okay, so I mean, where does the the Kabbalah come from? Because there's there's different spellings in the name, isn't it? There? There's a Kabbalah of a K with a Q, and they're kind of slightly different, aren't they? Yeah, it can. For me, the the Q, which is the one I study, that um, sort of tells people that it's the mystic Western tradition, and it really is for non-Jews. The K traditionally is for for Jews, um, and and really, you have to be over forty. You have to be male. Um, and you have to be Jewish to study the K. Right. That's that's how it used to be. Um, but of course, the Kabbalah Center, etc., etc., has changed all that. Uh, and I think most people know it through Madonna, don't they? That's right, they do. Um, yeah. But mine's the, a different version to Madonna's. Mine is the Q. And for me, the way I see it is, um, mine's perhaps more uh, involved with astrology and with tarot and with past life. Whereas the K is a lot more studious. It's a lot more learning the Jewish words and um, the, you know, the, the, there's a lot of Judaism in it, if you like. Whereas mm. the Q suits our Western, our Western ethics, I think, a bit more, really. Okay, so with with the astrology, is that kind of born out of the Kabbalah of the Q? Then the way that you understand archetypes and planets. Yeah, the, there's um, if you recognise the symbol for the Kabbalah, the Tree of Life. Um, that symbol with the spheres and the paths in between, the, the, the spheres themselves, um, they're called uh, the Sephiroth or individually Sephara. And they are um, all the planets. So they begin with Earth at the bottom, move up through the moon, right through to Neptune at the top. So astrology is involved in all of that. And the paths in between, which are those, it, it gives it those shapes. That's the major arcana of the tarot. So they're all involved and interlinked in each other. And of course, the tarot is a reflection of astrology. It's the same mm. thing. Um, and that's what I try to impress upon people is that it is the same thing expressed differently. And it's the way in which you take to it. That, that's the only difference. It's the way that you take to it that makes, the, that makes it work for you, you know. So it's basically using your own intuition to read what you're getting within the planets or within the cards. Yeah, absolutely. And be creative with it. You know, I, I say that to people all the time. It, it doesn't matter what you're taught. Well, it does matter what you're taught. <laughs> but, um, but ultimately, it, when you, once you've learned it, 
You know, it's like the tarot. Read the book, read the book, read the book again. Work with the book, work with the cards, and then throw the book away. And then trust your intuition. It's the same with the cue. You know, constantly getting information about it, but then adding your own creative twists to it. So you run it alongside um, your astrology. Uh, when I'm doing my astrology, for example, I can relate it to the Tree of Life. And when I mm. do my tarot, I relate it to the Tree of Life, you know? Yeah, okay. So I've, I mean, I've come across other people that are into the Kabbalah that you're into, and they, they've, they have an extreme depth of knowledge, um, way beyond the kind of average person that sort of dips their toe into the psychic awareness or spirituality. So it it's, it's kind of goes back a long way, doesn't it? It's a real ancient uh, method. I guess, isn't it? Yeah, it's pre- it predates Christ. It mm. predates uh, Christianity. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where we actually don't know where it really came from. Legend says that, many legends, but the one that, that's most common says that it was an archangel that gave it to mankind in a, in a raw form. But I think the thing about it, you know, Ian, is that it's a spoken tradition. It's, it's a tradition that's passed on uh, through generation to generation. And my teacher taught me that way. She, she spoke about it. She communicated it. We had the you know, obligatory handouts every now and again. But the real lessons came from her words. You know, and, and I was very fortunate. I, I mean, a fantastic Kabbalist called Israel Regardi. Um, there's many books out. Um, he's now since crossed, but um, she was taught directly by him. And he has a great lineage behind him. So very, very fortunate. Okay, I mean, just sort of going back on your your journey because I was reading your uh, biography, I guess, and you talk about that you suffered with pneumonia on one That's Christmas. Right. And then you had this out of body experiences, and then all this awareness kind of opened to you, and that's when you seeked out this Kabbalist that's kind of led you on your journey. Did you have any experiences prior to that out of body? As a, as a little boy, I did. Yeah, I mean, I had um, I was kind of a sixth sense wee boy, really, and living in Scotland, um, and I had the you know I used to communicate with my grandfather in the house, and he had he'd. Um, passed when I was when I was doing that so it wasn't like I was like speaking to him in the next room well it felt like that to me um and also there was the occasional thing at, at home and subsequently even when I was in the Royal Navy you know there would be the odd thing that I would see or be aware of when I was visiting foreign ports and uh, walking around old buildings and I just kind of dismissed it really but um beforehand I, I think really for me the main stuff was was as a little boy you know, I I was fully aware of it, and um, a lot has come to light since I've done this for a living. You know, it's that thing where you start to do it, and your family says, "Oh yeah, I remember when you used to," and they tell you all sorts of stories. You know. Indeed. Okay. So, I mean, one of the, the things I wanted to talk to you about really was that you've got a past life workshop coming up. Uh, now, you've very kindly offered a um, an offer really to the, the listeners and the readers of our website i know that you've got a six-part psychic course and, yeah. the, and also you've got your own membership to well-being club and you've you've very kindly offered a huge discount on that to our, our listeners so we've got details that underneath the show so if if people are interested in that then please check it out we've got a banner on the home page so i mean what's that course entail david well first of all thank you for putting on your website it really is it's an opportunity to take in stages there's a med- there's a spoken meditation for each section to help you and I've purposely done it without music because people it's just one of those things and I don't know about you I sometimes love music when I meditate sometimes it gets right on my nerves you know mm. um, so I've done it so that people can put their own music on it 
you know, and and um, or not because a lot of people uh, don't want to do that. But the course is really designed to give people a, a first footing into various disciplines. So uh, understanding energy about spirit guides, angelic forces, uh, there'll be divination, so on, tarot and some past life work and showing them safe practice, really, about how to go about that. And if they take it nice and easy and gently and allow things to um, to develop. I mean, the, one of the first things I say to people on, in part one is switch your TV off, you know, <laughs> because it, it, you hear the news, you're getting other people's stuff, you watch documentaries, you get other people's stuff take a couple of weeks just to travel inwards and find out your own stuff mm. you know it, it, it's very it's very simple stuff there's nothing complicated there's nothing where you have to go and gather things in and you know under a full moon at three o'clock do any old nonsense it's just it's a journey into yourself really well thank you very much for doing that and uh, please do check that thank out you. so really I mean, the other main topic that I wanted to cover and it's a really intriguing topic around past life regression and I know watching one of your videos you 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 gave this a go yourself and you were outstanded by what happened to you and it's almost like you couldn't quite believe it was going to happen and almost doubted that it would and you were thrown back to another life where you had some Greek army coming flying towards you <laughs> yeah that was my very my first uh, first regression with them um, a lovely lady called Anne Gerish who did my um, uh, very first one um, as part of the Kabbalah really she's a Kabbalist and I I was doing that thing you know where when you do past life work you give people a, a, a visualization if you like you know to follow and um, so we're doing that visualization and it I thought to myself, nothing's going to happen here, you know. It's just going to be, what am I going to say to this lovely, sweet old lady while I'm still here, you know. Um, and the second she said, what are you wearing on your feet? There I was with a pair of sandals on my feet. And I knew that that's what I was wearing, so I said it straight away. And then this whole story unfolded where I was, um, yeah, I was with the Greek army and I'd been a very naughty boy and didn't go home to my wife. Ooh. I went home to my mistress instead. Oops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then went home to my wife and then went back to the mistress. And the story kind of unfolded that, um, you know, I then drank some wine at the mistress's house and was poisoned, um, which was meant for her, not for me. Right. Um, and really, for me, what the key points really in where that the depth of the emotion you know i'm we're all emotional but it takes a quite a bit to, to get me going you know mm. um but immediately just such powerful emotions when i saw the children um when i saw my wife when i saw my lover all those sorts of really intense emotions then it was the uh, recognition of people from that life. My lover was um, actually had been a partner of mine who I'd just split up from just a few weeks before. Right. Um, and then there was other people in that life that came into my life later on, came into my life within about a year's time that I recognized immediately who owed me, if you like, some kind of karmic debt because I was poisoned by mistake and it was their mistake. And so they both those individuals concerned really rallied around me at a time in my life when I really needed some physical support. Uh, and that was later, that came later. Um, and also that thing where, you know, in those days, in the dark ages, when I did this regression, there was no Google. Um, so I had to go to the library, heaven forbid. Um, I actually looked through books. And as I was doing that, there was this, uh, I'm sure you know that feeling when you, you get that gut turnover when you know that you've struck something that's important to your soul, really. Um, and as I was reading these books in the library, there was names and there was dates and there was even drawing of a brooch that I had seen um, as sort of very similar symbol 
that was re- that was um, uh, related to to the story I'd been told. Um, so my stomach kind of turned and went, oh my, you know, the reality of it struck me. And I think for me, coming away from that very first regression, uh, and ever since, you, you can't tell me that I haven't lived before because it was such a powerful experience. Um, and that that's what I say to people all the time. You know, it's that's my experience. And I don't care who says you make it up. It's because you watched, um, you know, something on telly the day before, which I didn't have to say. Um, you know, it's because of this, because of that, because of the other. I don't really care what they say because in my heart, I know that I've lived before. End yeah. of, you know. But there's some interesting stories where people have brought back information that they can then later on verify. Mm. You know, you might have a child that remembers living in a, a town in Ireland or something, and they That's go right. back there and find information. And, and also with birthmarks as well, they seem to signify where they might have been killed. Yeah, I've got two of those. Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got uh, yeah, I do indeed. I've got one from the Greek life, and I've got one from a uh, life here in England. Um, which is in my on my back, funnily enough, yeah. <laughs> which is where I stabbed, um, and one where I was hit just on my leg as well, as well. Crikey. So, do you think that we literally go through this kind of whole wheel of just keep coming back? I mean, or is it optional? How do you feel it is? I, I think it's. I don't think it's an option for a long time. Right. I think we have to come back, but it's a debate, and it's a we participate in that. It's not um, for me. It, it, Certainly, this is what happens when you um, do past life work. People often land on between lives, and they give you information of what it's like in in the astral worlds, really. And no one ever says that they were told, you know, you don't have to go back. But they were kind of said, it's probably best if you do go back. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm. Because if your soul is going to advance, the way I, I, I sort of teach people uh, when I'm teaching past life is this. I say, if you go into your office tomorrow and your boss says to you, okay, I'm going to give you a week of hell, a really difficult week, a week when you want to give up sometimes, a week when you'd be elated, and a week when it'd be full of joy, but then the next minute it's full of disaster. But at the end of that week, I'm going to advance you. You can be managing director. You don't have to work again. You can have all the money you like, a private jet, a penthouse flat, any any city you want. You're going to say, oh, yeah, I'll have a go at that, aren't you? Mm. You know, you'll take the week. And that's kind of what it's like when you're up there. They say to the soul, Okay, you did a great job last time. Um, you know, you need to learn this, need to learn that. It's only eighty years. Yeah. <laughs> and from that perspective, you go, oh, "It's only eighty years. That's not a problem, is it?" I'll have a go with that. You get down here and you think, eighty years." That's a long time. <laughs> so it's it's kind of the, you know the same thing. And the they that are, are discussing this with you are are your peers. There are souls that know you as well as, of course, higher guides and masters. You know, um, these aren't sort of faceless gods or um you know faceless archangels are saying thy shall returneth and learn this it's a dialogue you know mm. yeah i think when you're in a really good mood it's oh i don't mind doing that or it's like when you're drunk or something <laughs> you're like oh yeah i do that and then the next morning oh no <laughs> you know yeah exactly you know, all gun-ho so i mean obviously there seems to be an important element to past lives i mean do you feel that you only you're only given um, a past life if it's got some kind of meaning to heal something in your current absolutely i think it's it's relevant to where you are at the moment but there there are various uh, past lives i think the most important one is your key life for this life your key life probably holds amongst it that your greatest karmic lesson in this life it also identifies itself mainly because the, you will notice a lot of people from that key life who surround you now 
So your mother might have been your brother in that life and your uncle might have been, you know, a king or, or you, you will notice that there were a lot of people from that life that surround you now, which are a true indication that that key life is very important. But you can go back and have a look at it more than once. It's not a, a one hit wonder. You don't get one past life and then that's it. You can't see again. Um, you, you can go back for more information, most definitely. Until, uh, And I say to people, you know, do that. Exhaust one life. Exhaust it. Get all the information you can from it. Um, then look for another one. Sure. Okay. So obviously with the, the whole reincarnation thing, have you ever tried the progression thing where you're able to sort of look into potential futures with people? I don't do progression. Um, it happened once to me, actually. I, um, it wasn't Anne, but Anne was, it was during my training. Anne was helping with someone else was doing the regression. And um, it was into this life, the life that I now have. Um, and I saw myself being born, which was a bit of a scary thing. Um, but I remember looking at my mother in this life, and, and I remember seeing what she was wearing. And I told her what, I, what happened to me. And she was, I have to say, very shocked that I. I knew because I couldn't remember it, I guess, you know, but, but so that was for me a proof. Now, as far as progression goes into future lives, I understand how that can be interesting, be fascinating and it can, uh, and it can definitely work because we are in this moment, you know, but, but, you know, next incarnation, we could be backwards chronologically in time or forwards. You know, I don't, I don't believe we just step on and go forwards every time. Right. Um, so time is circular, perhaps not linear. Mm. Um, however, the proof is easy to find backwards. You can't really find it forwards in this life just yet. So you may go and have a progression and it may be as true as anything, but the proof is very difficult. That, that for me is the thing with the progression. The proof is very difficult. Whereas you can prove it backwards, it's very difficult to prove it forwards. Um, and I, I do past life work because it informs me of where I am now, how I got here and the skills I have at my disposal. Um, and I think if I go forwards, then it might just make me want to achieve probably some wonderful life in the future. Yeah. Well, I actually should be concentrating on the now, really. Okay. So sort of taking everything into account with all the different uh, teachings that you know, the Kabbalists, the, the mm. Tarot, the past life, the spirituality, the psychic clairvoyance that you've got as well. Are mm. they t tools that you've developed along the way in other lifetimes? They definitely are. Yeah, they most certainly are. The, the tarot, for example, I, I couldn't really gel with the tarot. When we first started doing uh, tarot as part of the Kabbalah, it's the, the major kind of, like I said, are the, are the, the paths between the safaris so or between the planets, the paths are these major arcana. And when you do meditations, you will walk the path of, say, the devil or death or the high priestess or whatever. Um, and I was okay with it, but I never really, you know, tarot, I never wanted to work with. Um, then I had a past life regression where I had worked with tarot and I had worked for, um, for an ability, I'd worked for a king and told him I was female in that life, an oracle, if you like, and um, told him the truth as I had seen it, and it was born out to be the truth, but of course it wasn't the one he wanted to hear because mm. um, he would be defeated in battle, and he removed my head from my shoulders, so that's going to put you off for a few <laughs> lifetimes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> put you off for a wee while. Um, but when I when I got over that and I you know, saw the regression, I understood, I understood the reason for it. Um, I picked up a pack of cards and kind of really soared from there. It never, it, it wasn't one of the things I had to try particularly hard at understanding, you know.
Yeah. So, so there's your tools, really. You've got the tool to look backwards to see mm. who you are today, but you've got the tarot to sort of look forward and seeing the potentials that that may may happen in the future. Yeah, and to guide you. I mean, your tarot is a and it, it's a great thing for for um for looking into possible futures. But I think more importantly, it's a great tool for looking at the psychology of who you are now. Um, you know, meditate upon the cards for yourself if you've got um. It, you know, if you want to attract towards you, say, for example, um, if I feel I'm being deceived, if I feel that uh, someone's not being completely honest with me, then I will meditate on the devil card. I will put myself into the devil card and have a conversation with him um, because I'm looking for clarity. And you may get some clairvoyance and you may get some some information during the visualization. But what you're essentially doing is you're activating the card in your life. You're drawing the card towards you. And you're saying, OK, remove the deceit remove the veil for me that's what you're asking for um and that's that's essentially what will happen and believe me it truly works yeah so i mean with the tarot and, and the astrology um astrology seems to be more of a sort of broader picture you know what's sort of happening at, at the macro level well, well it can be i mean a lot of people associate astrology across the newspapers don't they um yeah. And when we write, I mean, I'm a sun sign columnist myself, so I do write for papers and magazines. But when we do that, we do look at the broader sweeps and because you're, you're trying to help, you know, a very large section, one twelfth of the population, really. Um, now, clearly, on, a, on an individual level, you bring it right down to a personal chart. Astrology can work on a day-to-day -day basis. It can, it can help you understand the day, um, not, you know, as well as the month and the year ahead and all the rest of it. But on um, the, the sort of level that most of us work with, which is the, is the bigger level, it's the outer planets. If you look at, um, say, for example, in 2011, Neptune's moving into Pisces, then it's the first time for, for well, since the, um, since the Renaissance. So it's, you know, 150 years, first time. It's amazing, amazing. That's a good um, thing, I take it. Well, well, it's moving. He's moving into his own sign, so he governs Pisces. So he's stronger in that particular part of your chart, if you know where it is. But for all of us, it's um, if you think about it, 2011. Um, he's there for a few months. Then he moves out. Then in February 2012, he moves back in. Now Neptune is the planet of um, of mysticism, if you like. Mm. Pisces is is the sign of the mystic and of um, intuition. So you've got a line up there that, that produces mystic and um, spiritual energy, for want of another word, in 2012. Right. So you see how that kind of ties in with a I, lot I of do. other things. I do. It's, it's, it's interesting because um, there's a lot of chatter on the internet in, in different forums uh, talking about November could be a big tipping point on the planet. Uh, with various kind of prediction technologies, if you like, um, mm. all predicting a big tipping point event happening in the middle of November, and I just wondered if there was if the astrology backed that up in the middle of November this year. Yeah, yeah, middle of November this year. Um, yeah, I mean, there's uh, astrologically, there's all the planets are starting to move forwards, um, which is is rare. You know, it's very rare that all the planets are in a positive motion as opposed to one or two going backwards. So November is a far more positive month than it has been for a very long time. Right. Um, doing the astrology just recently has been a bit kind of, oh, how to dress this one up in a Sunday frock, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. Trying your best <laughs> to make it smiley. Um, but it's not quite such a task in November. But I think um, for me, it's... Uh, 
the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction is one of the main things, and Jupiter moves forward on the 18th of November, and uh, Venus moves forward at the same time. But that Jupiter-Uranus conjunction has been going backwards and forwards, and the planets have one's been retrograde, they've been in different signs, but now they're uh, from the 18th, they're both going to be moving forwards in Pisces, oddly enough, as well. Um, and that's the intuitive thing. And if Jupiter's expansion, if Uranus is uh, science, they're in the sign of intuition, so that's probably where that's coming from. So does it mean there's a certain energy or archetype that we can all operate in? Is it like a filter that all of a sudden comes available? Yeah, I think it has been there. It's been there for a wee while, and Jupiter changes signs once every year. Um, sometimes, I mean, next year he's in three signs, which is unusual, but um, it's, a, it's a once every 12-year cycle that he's in your own sign. Um, Uranus is about to move as well into Aries. Now, I think that, well, that happens early next year. Jupiter will also be in Aries. And then again, you have, so you have that expansion and growth and you have that science, but you have it in the sign, Aries, which is the firstborn. So you've got new and creative impulses. So you've moved from intuition and thinking about it. You've moved from, um, shall we do this? What about this? And those sparks of dreams you know, when scientists often get their illumination during dreams, don't they? That's right. Um, then as it moves into, it moves next year into Aries, it's the fa that first flush of creativity. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, they're, they're very interesting times. And I think there will be great advances made, particularly with science and what, you know, what we do for a living. Science is not the enemy. It's not, you know, it's often seen as, oh, scientists, they, 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 it's not the enemy, not at all, no. a long chop. It's, it has to be your friend. I think science needs to harmonize with spirituality, doesn't it? Like quantum physics. And they, they both really tie together nicely, don't they? Because they kind of Absolutely. they they put the puzzle together really, I guess, from a scientific well, point one, of view. One lead, your intuition intuition leads um science, you know, mm. and science supports intuition. They they do absolutely work really well together. It's like the the whole happiness thing, you know. Um the, happiness project and um some work on how happiness is good for you and, and all this sort of stuff. Um you know, Buddhists have been saying that for hundreds of years, but science has actually made the correlation now between the brain and between actually if you're just happy, your brain functions better and happiness comes towards you. Mm. Um, but science is starting to prove that. So now we're allowed to we're allowed to listen to it, you know, but it's been there for hundreds of years. So science is supporting it, really. Certainly. Yeah. It's certainly been awakening with more and more people exploring spiritual techniques, aren't they? So you, you see that continuing yeah most definitely i definitely do and certainly with neptune moving into pisces in 2000 well permanently in 2012 um it, most certainly and i think um you know there's the procession of the equinox which uh, you know is that once every 25 26000 year cycle cycle that um changes so we, we're moving from the fish so we're moving from the time of the fish into the time of man the procession of the equinoxes go backwards on the wheel so we're moving from pisces into aquarius and we're starting that lock-in into literally the age of aquarius um aquarius is about man it's about science um but it's also about a social group it's about human family if you like um and i think that's where it will show itself will become uh, perhaps a bit more realistic when it comes to understanding that actually we are all one, we are all the same being, which is is a, a teaching also of past life. You know, if you're um, if you're taking the Mickey out of someone now, then watch out because that'll be you next time around. You know, indeed, indeed. So, do you feel then it's like all these different archetypes and different ages? They're like they're a construct of energy. So, if you're moving into a time where it's more loving, 
then it's, it's harder to do the nasty things. But if you're in a time where it's more geared towards materialism, then people tend to do more of that. Yeah, so it's a group consciousness, basically. Mm. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree with that. I think um, you know, we, we lead as a, as, a, as a species, we lead by example. You know, and people will follow eventually. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a bit longer than others, but if you can try your very best to be as understanding as you can be, as compassionate as you can be, as happy as you can be, then people around you will start to follow that. Um, but that's not easy. You know, you know, I'm certainly nowhere near a sainthood just yet. Let me tell you, I'm way off it, as was demonstrated by someone who cut me up in the roundabout today. But <laughs> you know, but one day I might be able to say that's fine. Please go yeah. ahead. <laughs> Maybe not today. Well, I think it's good that you're human at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. Getting back to the, the past life stuff, have you got any sort of um, anecdotal case studies that you could share that's, you know, that what you've done with people really, you know, that sort of help prove the point? Well, I think, um, you know, it depends what you're talking about with um, proof. I mean, if it's proving past lives, um, then I think, you know, every regression that you do, someone will say that just makes perfect sense. You know, every time they, you, you do, you know, the debrief afterwards, they will always say that explains why I have that relationship with my father or I have that relationship with my brother. Uh, and it proves it to them. Uh, and then they find the details, historical details, um, that proves it to them again. I'm always a bit dubious with history, though, and I, I don't get too upset if people can't find the truth in history. Because, you know, history is written by a man normally mm. um, and also people with an agenda. You know, there's a great, a great story I had about, a, you know, if you imagine this, well, it, for us, a football match between England and Scotland and you are um, you're sitting watching on TV with the sound off, but you're listening to a commentary. Um, if you're a commentator Scottish, you will hear a different football match to then if your commentator is English. And that kind of sums history up for me, you know. So don't be too put off if you don't get it. Um, but I think, oh, there's lots of things. I mean, um, the, anecdotal wise, there's a wonderful one. My, my mum thought about having a past life regression. She later decided not to bother. Uh, but her friend had one and she's very quiet, very home baking kind of you new know, church social uh, you know, to the flowers and the church kind of woman. And um, we did the past life regression. And she turned out to have a famous life, which is very rare, um, but she was Buddhika, Bodhisattva. Right. And there can be many of those before mm. people go, oh, she would be. But, uh, five, I think five or six famous lives I've done of the hundreds I've ever done. Um, and um, there can be many Buddhists because remember, it's an experience. It's not, it's not linear. Time isn't linear. You know, it's an experience. Um, what was interesting for me was she's very quiet, this woman, and she was very quiet. Um, and then at one point I said, I can't hear what you're saying. And she said, she, she repeated herself. And I said, I can't hear what you're saying. And she um, suddenly, this huge voice went, well, isn't that typical of a man? It couldn't, and started swearing her head off. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know, and you just think that has to come from somewhere because this yeah. woman is not like that at all in any way, shape or form. It has to have come from somewhere, you know. Mm. Um, I'm not suggesting for a second, you know, people say, another myth is say is, you know, if you're French in a, in a former life, you will talk French. Um, well, you don't. You talk English, uh, but you, um, you know, you, you might think in French, but you, you're certainly talking English. And when you come round, you don't suddenly become fluent in French because you had a past life. You might be able to understand it a bit more, but you don't suddenly walk around the, the town talking French. Yeah. You don't get stuck in the past life. 
Um, but there has been many people who've called me after the event and said, I've checked this out and it's true and I didn't know this. And uh, so it happens all the time, really. So I think one of the, the big things that I've, I've read on it is that people may have a phobia at, suddenly at the mm. age of 32 um, of drowning. And they yeah. can't understand. It's completely irrational. Um, and when they have the, the past life regression, they actually drowned at that age in another lifetime. And that's kind of odd, isn't it? Where you're reliving really a phobia. Well, you're you're sort of um, you're remembering that time. Mm. You, your your soul's remembering that time, and it's just bringing. It's it's the same when people go to somewhere where they had a particularly strong past life. So I I have a huge affinity for Greece. I absolutely love Greece. I always have done before the past life regression. I love Greece, and when I go there, I feel like I've come home. I truly feel like I've come home. And people have a country that you know they're fascinated by Egypt. It's usual one, but that was 5,000 years in time. So, you know, most of us will have been there at some point. People are fascinated by the world wars uh, to a point where they, they are dressing up on a Friday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because they're so obsessed or the fifties or, or things like, um, you know, the, um, the Titanic, they're obsessed with the Titanic, things like that. You know. So I, I agree with you. And it, it shows itself in our lives. Your past life shows itself. I have things around my house now that I've recognized. I've been attracted to them because of past life. You know, statues of Buddhas, I have Greek statues. I have uh, various bits and bobs around the house. Cause I always wonder about geniuses who can play music. Like Mozart was able to mm. compose music at a really young age. So surely he must have been already accomplished in another life, if you like. You know. Yeah, it makes sense. That makes absolute sense to me that he he more than likely was. You know. Yeah, but who's to say? Are we having these lives in sequence, or are we having all these lives, perhaps as they say, all at the same time? At the same time. That's the web theory where you sit in the middle and there's lots of strands around you going mm. to. If you if you like times on a wheel and all the strands are of your different beats. I couldn't answer that one. I couldn't. I mean, I can't. For the last person to say, well, that's definitely not true. <laughs> or that is absolutely the truth and that's the mystery of it you know that that is the the key to it all is it's it's a mystery it's supposed to be a mystery because you're you're putting together um by searching you're putting together the story of your own soul um and i think that's what what people need to realize particularly with past life work fascinating to talk about it great dinner party conversation great theme for a party if you've got lots of friends who are into spirituality come as your past life you know great theme for a party but but, but ultimately there'll be 15 cleopatras and 14 napoleons um ultimately it's about your soul you know it's about understanding uh, yourself more i mean how many past life aggressions have you done for other people or for myself? <laughs> well, oh, actually, I mean, how many have you done for yourself and perhaps other people? Uh, I've done, I've personally had um, over 25 past life regressions for myself. So not um, on yourself, but someone helping you to go into that state? Yeah, well, some, some I've done myself. I mean, as you become more advanced and you trust the information more, um, you can do them yourself. And you can certainly visit the Akashic Records, you know, mm. the past life section of, the, of that um, of the psychic course there will be a meditation on there to visit the akashic records um and you can certainly do that on your own and get information from past lives um but as far as doing past life for other people i don't i think i've lost count really on that one i don't right. i don't keep count anymore <laughs> have you come across anything that's just mind-blowing oh lots of things lots of things i think probably the most 
uh, well, well, you can't say weird because that's not true. No, they're all, you know, they all have their moments. Um, a few that come to mind is one, it was an alien. Someone, oh, tell me some, about that one. Yeah, someone had a past life regression. Um, a very nice, uh, nice guy, a young couple came. And she had her regression and then he had his. Um, and as he started to go into the regression really they don't you're not out of it they're completely compass mentis you can say do you want a cup of tea while they're fighting a battle and they go yeah i'll have two sugars they're just like <laughs> off with this you know you're not not that far gone and um, he started to shake and tremble but in a kind of like he really trembled almost like he was moving backwards forwards and up and down at the same time you know and i was i was actually starting to think i'd never seen this before and i didn't understand what was going on i was thinking oh my god i'm gonna lose one you know and um he started to go into the regression and talk about um, seeing lights and seeing light beings. And um, then he saw one being and I asked him who he was. And there was a pause. And, you know, when you do regressions, if any of you listeners do them, they will understand that you kind of you see and feel with the client. You know, that's where you're supposed to be but alongside them, really. And um, I knew it was his brother. I mean, his brother in that life. Um, because he was the same kind of light being and he said it's my brother and I asked him to put his hand up and he saw his hand was light um, right. and he kind of freaked for a bit and I had to sort of calm him down a bit and said but you know just just go with it you can question afterwards and I think that's the key yeah you're having a past life regression it doesn't matter if there's five llamas 14 dancing girls and 65 aliens all trumpeting your name it doesn't matter what's happening you have to go with it then question it later um, and he did that, um, and actually it made sense to him later on because he kind of felt that he was always on the outside. He was yeah. always on the outside looking in. Um, and as for the alien thing, I mean, it was simply explained to us that, you know, it's kind of naive to assume that as a human being you're the only creature in the universe, and that it was as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. We, we're very open-minded on this website. We do <laughs> interview quite a lot of people that you know had experiences with with aliens, like especially mm. the, the Greys, for example. And um, you know, why not? Well, he, I mean, he wasn't a Grey, which I was kind of, mm. in a way, uh, relieved about because I think mm. if he'd seen that image, he may have been thinking what's because of. He was just almost pure light. You know, he was mm. a very translucent kind of creature which i've subsequently seen in other people's regressions in fact i've just come back from australia um i was there last week and i did a regression for a friend of mine and he experienced the same thing well, i guess if, if you're pure pure light then maybe it's a a reality perhaps is a lot more higher in vibration maybe it's not as dense as, as our reality well definitely and, and that it is as simple as that of course it's, it's all about energy it's about energy yeah. vibration yeah yeah Okay. But it, but it doesn't matter what they get, you know. Regressions are extremely personal, of course, um, and they all have value. I mean, I've done a regression for a woman who I just tell you quickly about this one. She, the regression was so boring, I can't tell you. All she did was fish. She fished from this boat. She built the boat first of all, and then she fished for about forty minutes. And I was like, oh, for God's sake, what's going on? You know, um, thinking, is there anybody by the bank? No. Is there, you can't fish? No. Are you you know, having a sandwich at least? No. Um, absolutely nothing and eventually she drowned oh. so I was like hurrah at last oh, God. Um, and so she gets she gets to the, the meat of the thing you know she so I always take people they have to go to the death because you need to know how the book ends you know um, and um, she did all that and afterwards uh, she was a friend of mine and I said to Lorna I have to tell you it's the most boring regression I have ever done in my life 
Um, and her answer was priceless, and it put me in my place. And I just, she said, oh, I'm sorry, I thought it was about me. <laughs> and she's absolutely right. And what it was was her life was so hectic, she'd forgotten what peace looked like. Right, gotcha. You know? And yeah. she went back and rearranged her life so that she found peace, and she went fishing. Yeah, lovely. I mean, that, that kind of lifetime is great because most people think, oh, if you go to a past life, you want to dream up something magnificent. Right? Yes. You know, but why would you dream a life of fishing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. Yes. So with the course that you do, I know you've got one coming up um, on the, is it the 20th? Yeah, 20th in 20th. Chester. Yeah, so how do you, do you teach people to regress or do you, are you just regressing them? Now, we go through um, a various process throughout the day where we talk about past life work, how it works. Um, so we do some meditations to uh, open them up and get them used to visualizing. Very gently throughout the day, start to lead them into the prospect of karma and reincarnation, um, who may or not be in, may not have been in their life before. Show them several processes of how to do that, how to discover um, who will have been in their life before. And then the last meditation of the day is actually to the Akashic Records. Um, so to give them a glimpse of their own past lives. The day is built upon, um, it's about them. It's about you as an individual, really, trying to find uh, where past lives will have affected you, who they'll have affected you with, and what you want to do with that. You know, yeah. how do you move that forward? Uh, you can't do past life regression for, um, I, I wouldn't do it for more than one person, one-on-one, -on -one, a full regression. So you have to take it a bit more gently when you've got 40-odd people mm. <laughs> because you'll have Joan of Arc having a trauma over one corner and, you know, Bob the Builder and the other one, you gotcha. know. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, uh, people see different things. Some people are very visual and they probably yeah. they can visualize and see things quite easily. Some people more sense and they feel things. I mean, are there people that you've come across that don't regress well or don't, don't hypnotize very well? Everybody gets something. You know, I've never touched wood, um, had a, an issue where people have got absolutely nothing. But you're right. And I think this is um, something that's very important for people to understand is that you see, feel, taste, whatever during uh, your meditations, visualizations, regressions, the way that you do it. Comparing yourself to others is, is a, a road to problems. It truly is. If you um, see nothing but colors, then those colors will interpret and you will understand them. Some people do get the full Hollywood treatment. They get the, the 3D vision, the sound, the smells, the whole nine yards. Other people see really well but can't hear. Some people can't see but hear extremely well. Um, some people just feel it, it's how it works for you. It's trusting in how it works for you. Um, if people are having real difficulties, then I have various techniques to try and help them to opening the third eye right through to just getting to sense or to feel or or just single words and some people won't talk because they don't want to tell you what they're seeing i mean you're seeing half of it anyway yeah. <laughs> so you have to persuade them to say I, I would never say you know i never say to a client there's a man behind you with an axe what's he going to do right. with it mm. um, where are you now what's happening what's happening now or if they're having difficulty I will say, just trust, just relax, just tell me what's in your mind, you know. Mm. So, so as a facilitator, do you sort of clairvoyantly see things as well while you're regressing them? Yes, you do. And often you're just ahead of them. You're a few steps ahead of them. Um, some people have said that they see me in the regression standing beside them, which must be a scare for them. But, um, <laughs> and some people say, I can see you up a tree or <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing up a tree. But some people are aware of you in there. But... Um, I do see just ahead of them, and that's really for a, um, 
it's so that I know what's coming. So if it's a difficult regression, some are, um, that I'm, I'm aware and I'm ready just to help them with extra energy and help protection and, you know, and some healing. I use Reiki and send the symbols backwards and, you know, that sort of um, any, anything you can do. And it, 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 no regression, no two regressions are the same. Somebody will need a lot of healing and um, perhaps maybe not so much vocal. Other people will need just to talk and talk. Some people will need to scream. Mm. Some people need to cry. Some will need to laugh. It just it's it's individual, really. Yeah, it's a very emotional thing. Very. I, I have had a regression. Um, I'm one of the people <laughs> that see colours. I don't actually see the you know, the whole 3D thing, um, yeah. unfortunately. You know, the first time I had it done, I was really disappointed, and the therapist gave me my money back. He felt so bad. <laughs> but then I knew that I was a, a more clairsentient person. I've always felt and sensed rather than seen. Yeah. And so the next time I went, I went to see a different therapist, and I just let the colours come to me. Well, well you know, colours the first language of the astral world. It's the very first language. The first thing lots of people see is colour. You know, it, it, it's um, and some people would be highly delighted to get that far, let me tell you. But it is the first language and it can tell you so much. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely fascinating. So you got any other sort of past life stories? I think one of the most amazing past life regressions um, I ever had was when I did a joint past life regression. So myself and, and um a friend of mine who I'd, I'd known for a few years at that point. Um, when I first met her in, in real in real life, if that's such a thing, um, in the life that I'm in now, um, I kind of we had a very strong connection right from the off, and we were, um, you know, good friends straight from from the off. And odd things, there was odd energy and odd physical things going on with me. It was like a um, a nausea really when I first met her which isn't perhaps the best thing is it but but there was this recognition um and in time we thought well we're gonna have a past life regression because we knew we had a shared life and and um we knew of the life indiv individually we both had individual regressions but we were going to and we, we were husband and wife in that life and um we were going to do a technique with Anne Gerish, the woman who trained both of us um because uh, this lady does past life as well we're going to do a joint regression. So we're both going to go back at the same time to the same life. Um, so we regressed, Anne regressed us and um, we landed in this life. And, and Anne said to me, you know, uh, David, what what's she wearing? And I described what she was wearing. And um, then said to, to this lady, what's David wearing? And she described exactly what I knew I had on. So there's a proof for me straight away that she was seeing exactly what I was seeing, you know. Wow. Um, then... She said, okay, we're going to go back to your house and I want um, David to go to your rooms and, and this lady to go to her rooms. Um, and she said, okay, David, how are you feeling? What, what's happening to you? And I'm going, oh, stupid woman. She just wants furs and diamonds and I can't be bothered with it. All she wants is stuff, 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 and raging around my rooms. <laughs> and um, said so to this lady, you know, how are you feeling? And she went, I just want him to love me. I just want him to show me he loves me. I just want to cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was on this, uh, on the floor of this woman's house going, I'm so sorry, I didn't know that. This is like, you know, 500 years after the event, <laughs> or actually 1500 years after the event. Um, and it was pretty funky because the, the life went on like that. We'd, we'd meet together and we, we could describe what was happening almost perfectly. Then we'd go off to our separate areas and have a moan and a groan about each other. 
Um, it was extraordinarily exhausting. It was two days, I think, before I got over it. But yeah. uh, but another proof, you know, proof, proof, proof. If you want proof, you go and look for it and ask for it. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot of people will give it a go. I'm sure most people that listen to this probably already have, haven't they? Yeah. Really, it's such a, a great way to sort of find out who you are, really, as a person. You know? I agree with you. And if you've not given it a go, you know, look for a good therapist. Go for um, go for a recommendation which is a great thing. And if you know someone who's had one, that's the best best way to go. Um, it's not the sort of thing you can look up in the phone, but well, you can, but I'm not sure that you'd want to. Um, take someone with you because then you've got support and, and make sure that they have a regression as well, frankly, because if you go there and they discover a bit of dirt on you, you've got a bit of dirt on them. You know, that's how it works, isn't it really? Um, if it doesn't feel comfortable, you know, like you, you maybe didn't feel comfortable in your first one, then don't go through with it. Don't be afraid to say, I'm not, I'm not happy. I don't feel right about this. Um, you know, that's fine. Any good therapist will say that's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. Um, if the therapist is then saying things like, you know, there's a man behind you with an ax, what's he going to do with it? You're definitely in the wrong place and you need to stop it right there and then because they shouldn't be telling you anything other than what's happening now. Where are you? What's happening now? How do you feel? Those open-ended questions. Um, and make sure that the, the therapist is prepared to follow up on it. You know, if you have any issues, they should, be, they should be on the end of the phone so you can call them and say, I don't feel comfortable with this or this happened. Could you explain this to me a bit more? You know? Yeah. Okay. And if anybody wants to attend David's course and you're listening to this before the 20th of November 2010, then... Uh, do check out the details underneath the show and then you can you know, find out how to attend the course. So, I mean, what are you up to these days, Dave? I know that you was on Most Haunted. Most people know you with that. I know you're not on there anymore, are you? No. Nope. Are you doing nope. any other sort of TV work at the moment? I'm not. No, I'm not doing any tally at the moment. Um, okay. Is that a good thing? It's probably a good thing, is it? <laughs> get away from it. Yeah. Well, I'll get away from it for a little while. Um, it's only a good thing to be away from ghosts for a while, let me tell you. But um, it's extraordinarily <laughs> exhausting. You know, that is... Yeah. Uh, the, that sort of investigative side is probably some of the most tiring work you do. Yeah. Um, I'm working on certainly a lot more courses. I'm doing a great course on um, archangels, so power archangels, which are um, it's the ten archangels of the of the Kabbalah, really. Sort of a, a kind of antidote to the fluff fluffy angels, which I think are fantastic. And you know, I have friends who who work with angels all the time. Um, and this should be gentle and peaceful beings. Of course they should be. But there's also archangels that can really move some stuff for you if you want that moving, you know. And certainly the 10 on the tree of life are, are there to help those experiences in life to be moved along a lot quicker for you. So I'm looking at the, the, the ones that can really shift the stuff, you know, the ones that will cut through karma and the ones that will take away structures that you no longer need and, and yeah. all in your own, you know, it, on your own time and, and help to help you. So I'm doing a great course on them and um, working with the website and, um, you know, Jill, who helps me, that does a sterling job. She does an amazing job with all of that and the newsletters and the, trying to create a community, I think, more than anything, you know, Ian, that, um, yeah. that people, people recognize their own creativity in amongst it and their own ability um, and perhaps just take the information and make it their own. You know, that, that's yeah. what I really want people to do. Um, as opposed to uh, following any particular, you know, this, this is this is what I've got to do on a Thursday I do this, on a Wednesday I do that. Um, just how do you feel, you know, trying to encourage people to do more of that, really. 
Sure. So what's the well-being club that you run? The Wells Being. Oh, the uh, Wells Being, sorry. Wells Being, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a great name. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's just exactly that. It's a forum for people who, who are like-minded people who want to... Eventually, what, what we're doing is we're building the website, but with their input. So it's a bit sparse at the moment, but we want it to be about what they want. So the, the creativity part as well. Creativity is why we're here. That, that is, it's like number one rule, creativity. Create is, is number one rule of, of being human. Um, and really number two is be a Wells being. <laughs> and what we're trying to do is to get them, what do you want from this website? Do you want, um, do you want more input from me? Do you want input from each other? Do you want to know where everybody is? So we've got people from Canada, people from Australia, South Africa. We've got from Norway. We've got them from Pompey. We've got them from Birmingham. We've got them from everywhere. Um, but, but looking for a safe place for them to come and talk about their beliefs and ask, ask questions of each other, um, you know, that... Um, it doesn't perhaps go down the route of some other forums. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I, I guess being private as well is, is quite good as well because people can say what they like, can't they? I mean, not yeah. say what they like. You know, you know, people don't like to necessarily put things out in the open if they don't want no one, if they want their friends to know that they're into spiritual things. Yeah, absolutely, and I respect that. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I go to Witch Fest normally. I wasn't there this year, but. Um, I will be there hopefully next year. And they have a no photograph rule, you know, I'm within the building. And that's simply because, yeah, you could be a bank manager and you're entitled to your privacy if you don't want people to know that you're also a witch. <laughs> you, yeah. but, you know, because it would just... And I agree with that philosophy. I think um, often when I was starting with the Kabbalah, people would say to me, what is the Kabbalah? And I would try to explain it and see that look on their face, that glazed look on their face. <laughs> and... Um, in the end, you know, when people said to me, what do you do? Um, I just said, oh, just a bit of meditation. And that's fine. They don't, if they want to know, they'll, they'll find out. And it's the same when people say to me on flights or airports. So, so what do you do? I just say, I'm, you know, I'm a writer. What do you write? Yeah. I just say, I write for women's magazines. Because you say you're an astrologer. It's like, oh, I'm an Aries. Do you know that? What's that? Uh, yeah. Being a doctor, really. Wow. Okay. All right. Wow. Thank you, David. I mean, that was a, a lovely interview. Brilliant. Thank you um, very much. Yeah. And uh, I wish you all the best with your website and um, and also your courses. And do pop along and have a look at David's website. Is it davidwells.co.uk? That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, thank you for coming on. I wish you all the very best. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate it. Thank you.